Hi, everyone. This is Christine. You're listening to our Chinese and English Journey podcast. I am the host for today's episode. Lunar New Year is a little bit earlier this year. It will be on Sunday, January 22nd. Lunar New Year is one of the biggest holidays for Asian families. There are a variety of traditions and celebrations that can be fun to incorporate culture and activities to make learning Chinese more memorable to children. We have our producer, Grace. Hi, everybody. It's Grace. And guest speaker, Lucy. Hello, everyone. Here today with us to talk about Lunar New Year. To kick things off, Lucy, I was hoping you can just tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you grew up, your current Chinese level, your kids' ages, and what type of bilingual education you currently implement. I think I need the whole show just for that question, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll try to keep it brave. <laughs> um, I emigrated to the United States with my parents when. I was 15. So in other words, I had completed junior high school education in Taiwan when my family moved to the States. And we moved to California and we had been living there until um, until I got married. And that's when my family, uh, my husband and I relocated. We moved to Idaho. So we are in Idaho right now. We have two kids, nine and six years old. And uh, this is my 30th year in the United States. So I am what one my, I recently came across this term, which I thought was interesting. Um, a lot of the immigrant family might describe themselves as first generation immigrant. So they were, they were not born in the States and they moved to the, to the States as um, a kid or a grown-up or a second generation, which they were the children of first generation uh, immigrants. Um, I came across a term of 1.5 immigrant generation. And that's, I think, that's where I fall because I came to the States at, um, as a teen, but uh, um, I've spent great majority of my life here in the States. So um, we are homeschoolers. So we don't, our kids have not gone to any type of um, schools in the traditional sense that no daycare, no preschool, no play-based uh, Montessori school, none of that. They've been stuck with me from day one. <laughs> So that's kind of where we are. And um, it makes Chinese learning a little bit easier, I think, because the environment is simplistic enough that my husband is able to just focus on providing the English input. And I am that one parent uh, that provides the Mandarin input. Um, and since I came to the States when I was 15 and I had enough Chinese under my belt. So I kind of just went straight for um, the traditional characters. And um, I battled about whether to talk about, to, to introduce Zhuying to the kids. Um, but I think there is a, um, 
there's a children's book that I think a lot of the American families might be familiar. It's called Leo the Late Bloomer. And it's about a little tiger that kind of just had waited, needed his parents to wait until he was ready to do what kind of the other kids were ready to, were doing, little animals were doing. And so I waited on Zhuying, introducing Zhuying to my kids. Um, for example, uh, I think my daughter didn't learn Zhuying until she was seven, between seven and eight. And by that time she had um, kind of several hundred characters under her belt at that point. And so, so we just wait, I just waited. And then I, I would talk about it, you know, every once in a while and see if she was interested in it. And she'll tell me yes or no, or no, don't want to touch that. You know, and I was like, okay, then we'll wait for another three months, six months, and then we'll revisit. So um, did I answer all the questions? Let's see. Roughly. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So do you do one um, parent, one language mainly? In principle, yes. I think I've answered that question in one of the, um, in one of, as one of the topics that was asked. It's a, it's a popular topic. I think folks it is, yeah. ask on that Facebook group was raising uh, Chinese and English speaking children, uh, you know, children and um I had, because we are homeschoolers, um, so I do um, most of the teaching, if you would, or educating the two kids. And so there are obviously plenty of topics we need to cover in English um, and just language arts and spelling, all that good stuff. And so obviously all that needs to be done in English. Um, so there's been a little bit of a shift in terms of how much Chinese, I'm able to speak to them at home just because of how the day might go. My start the day, we'll spend a couple hours on um, kind of homeschool, and then uh, a good chunk of that might be in English. Um, but the rest of the day, they will forget to use Chinese with me <laughs> or with each other then I will um, judge I'll, I'll, and I'll respond kind of, I think based on, based on what was going on and also try to just weigh whether this, you know, this will be the best time to use, to practice, to do the, to continue the interaction in either Chinese or English. So if they were playing a board game, that's completed in English, then it makes sense for them to continue to read the rules and then continue the interaction in English. But if they were just having uh, an argument with each other, <laughs> I'd rather them argue in Mandarin. <laughs> so really I might interfere <laughs> and then just play dumb and then say, okay, what exactly is going on? And you will need to explain your side of the story to me. And then they will have to explain themselves in, Chinese, in Mandarin. And then I'll switch to the other kid. <laughs> and because we're homeschoolers, we spend all day together with each other. And so there's a lot of opportunities for that. <laughs> so that's what we do. I, that's what I do anyway. Um, so 
If they are not able to find a word to explain themselves, I will respond by saying, ah, 你的意思是说他误会你了。So I will basically repeat what I think they meant. Model the language for them and have them say it again. <laughs> explain themselves again. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's a really great way to subtly introduce new vocabulary. I think it's yeah. language is just basic. You just you have to live it. And if and then there's enough because they spend enough time with me, so they actually run into a bit of a Chinglish issue. <laughs> For example, they might want to say Daddy, you forgot to turn off the lights. And Daddy, who is a Caucasian, big six foot four, tall, <laughs> giant, <laughs> would understand if you, you say you forgot to turn off the lights. But what the kids will say to him as Chinglish will say, Daddy, you did not close the light. And so we have a lot of that too. And then daddy speaks terrible, crazy Chinese to them. And um, he did spend two months in Taiwan in a Buddhist temple <laughs> and learned Mandarin. So he has the gift, I think, of language. He is actually the one with the gift of language that as a Caucasian, he handles the tones the, very well. So if I am in the mood, I might say, oh, that needs to be in a second and third tone, and he will self-correct, which I think it's, it's, it's good, but he's, he's at the moment too busy to devote any time learning Chinese. He's just not in the mood, so which is fine. <laughs> But he doesn't, he doesn't, um, I think, feel left out. I've asked him specifically. So I appreciate that very much because so he's silently supporting the Chinese education at home, which I think is, can be a sticking point for some couples that are trying to juggle the two languages at home. Yeah, definitely. That's amazing. So how does your family celebrate Lunar New Year growing up? I think we, we, just, we did um, a lot of shopping, <laughs> lots of cooking, pray to the ancestors. We'll, you know, make our rounds to the t major temples, um, get together with extended family, and... Um, really play fireworks for the entire night, um, which I think it's something that's super fun, but can't do that with kids here, unfortunately. I had to downplay it. Like in that, that downplay, I shouldn't say that. I, should, I had to substitute um, the excitement of like proper fireworks with um, like those sparklers like wedding sparklers <laughs> so um as they were growing up when they were younger I would use glow sticks but I'll try to get the fancy ones for them 
it'll be a little bit safer. And then I think was it this past this year was the first year I really let them go all out with the sparklers. Um, it will be really, really cool if we can really play fireworks. So I hope in the near future, I don't know when, but I hope I can take the kids and actually go back to Taiwan one of these days to really experience that, to experience the noise and the smell, I think. Yeah, so yeah I, I think, think that was the stuff that's, that's the stuff I really miss. Experience, yeah. But these days, since this um, was it, oh, there was already, so there was um, last year that one of the series project was making a lap book. So she make a lap book for Lunar New Year. And the lap book, it's kind of like a very small version of kind of like a three trifold report of a thing. So on the cover, we got our um, threshold guardians. I didn't know that's what they were called in English really <laughs> until I had to guide her through it. So threshold guardian mention, right? So, <laughs> and then we always, always um, do um, cut, get some templates from the like the Confucius Temple in Taiwan. They always publish like complicated, kind of just some complicated um, um, paper cuttings that you can do window to decorate the windows during the Lunar New Year. So we always do that um, in the States because I think most people just don't have any days off. So I'm again, grateful that we are homeschoolers, <laughs> that I can really take the four, the, the full 15 days to celebrate. And then it doesn't have to feel too stressful, at least in our case. Um, but we'll try, we try to hit kind of the main things um, every day. So one of the things that my kid did was that I say, okay, because every day something happens. So there's this, it's called like an ball, right? So <laughs> it's an envelope. It looks like this. And so you open it up. So day zero, Chuxi, right? New Year's Eve. And then this is what needs to happen that day. I'm not sure if people can see it, but things like New Year's Eve feast with family, okay? And then I might include, there's a story that goes along with this night. So we'll try to read it. For example, uh, this is a night, the reason everyone had to stay up was because uh, the mom, the, you know, kind of the beast of Nian is, is supposed to be bringing disaster to the human world, right? So that's why we gotta stay vigilant, stay up. And then by day one, it's New Year's Day. And so first day of the new year, we're supposed to play with firecrackers. You know, there's usually a parade. That's when you gotta go visit your family and friends. And the kids, you know, ask for red envelopes for lucky money. Second day of the Lunar New Year for the married daughters to return to their birth homes to visit with gifts and such. And then the third day is when we do the mice families they got to marry up one of their daughters. And that's when they have their wedding party. So 
the traditional story that goes along with it. Day four of Lunar New Year's when we got to welcome back the kitchen god. And then, so there's like obviously again, story of the kitchen god and that day to go over. Day five is usually when the business goes back to their business. And that's the day then, you know, you pray to the god of wealth. And so that's a good day to bring that story in. Not much on this on the sixth day. I think sixth day was supposed to take a break and then just eat simply. And day seven, 人日, so that's the day of humans. So it was day got humans. So that's when the day we go over the story of Niwa and how she made the first people. And then day eight was another kind of a rest light duty day. Day nine is the birthday for the Jade Emperor. And that's also the day when um, kind of there was a, uh, the story went that that was the day when he hosted that race to decide 12 Zodiac. So there's like a little something that goes on every day and then all the way until, um, until the, the four, 15th, like that to conclude the Lunar New Year and, you know, and we'll make those rice dumplings together. And there's some um, really lovely, lovely families out there that make the videos to kind of guide people to do some of these. Um, so I am not super crafty, at least like I make very simple meals, but we were able to make some, um, to kind of roll some simple uh, taro filling tangyuan. So rice dumplings. So that was pretty fun. And um, I think the idea is that each day we'll do something specific. I remember there was one year that when we were revisiting, every year we'll, re we'll go through the 15 days of Lunar New Year. And as the kids were really young, we might just sing a song that day and then we'll call like, okay, that was that. And then maybe sometimes I'll pull um, video recording from kind of, hey, what this is what like the Taiwanese people are doing today, you know, to continue to celebrate the new year. And then the kids get very excited and, you know, they continue to be excited and both of them are saving their money so they can go to Taiwan. <laughs> that's, that's their Taiwan money. <laughs> They'll go to Taiwan and blow all their money. That's basically what. Um, I got all these ideas, most of my ideas from my trusty um, books of Zhongguo Tonghua that was published decades ago. And this is like basically the first um, books that my mother got me. Um, it was like a big investment. So I cherish it to this day, right? <laughs> And so he tells you kind of what well, happens every day, basically. And this is this was my guide to get things set up for my kids. Um, and these days, I think uh, publishers in Hong Kong, Taiwan, they make fancy stuff like the pop-up books that you can really go into it. And gosh, this thing is awesome, right? And then, and then, like like the young kids can really, really like go into it. 
Um, so these were all pop-up books that we use. Slightly older kids, I would introduce them to Hong that they talked about Lunar New Year to some extent. And they talked about, you know, it is the new year. So folks will try to, for example, try to take care of their debt, you know, before the Lunar New Year. And they'll try to uh, make amends. Um, and also obviously make plans for the new year. Um, and these are just all really good, I think, conversations with the older kids to talk about. Um, I know we're just doing a podcast, but you will see me, like the old teacher comes up. I must have visuals, right? So there's a lot of books, a lot of versions about, about like mentioned, like the Threshold Guardians. And so I actually like all different versions and I read all of them to the kids. And so they can, um, so they can compare and they can discuss with me. Like, and then this, this set is interesting because one, they obviously talk about also the kitchen god. And the, at the end of it, I have a lovely little board game type of a thing, which I love because then you can stretch out after you finish reading the book. You can also actually play the board game and continue to practice recognizing characters. And um, there's, you know, I, I think most of these things that, and kids have an inkling that, um, you know, this is a special time because I'll, I'll make a point of getting them new clothes, but new clothes that these days you can order from Amazon or whatever, like t-shirt makers, that they actually make decent looking t-shirts. But it does not, you know, obviously if we know Chinese, then we can kind of, kind of at least filter a little bit. So it's like, okay, I don't know. You don't want really Chinese characters on yourself, but I might have, find one with a good, like this is a year of tigers. So I'll find a very good looking tiger on printed on t-shirt and I'll buy new t-shirts for everyone in the household. So that'll be the, you know, wearing new clothes going into the new year uh, with a bang, with new clothes. And so that's all, you know, one of the traditional practices um, with it. You know, we, we don't, we obviously do red envelopes, but we also, um, coach the kids on <laughs> different ways of greeting or, or in terms of uh, greeting folks uh, about new year right so you have there just many <laughs> instead of just saying right and <laughs> that's a default but well at least that's a start but you know these days you know I think and um, my parents have, have um, they live close enough. So we do try to get together for Lunar New Year, for obviously for New Year's Eve's get together. But also I would, um, I also let my parents know that please let the kids join them um, so we can all pray to the ancestors. And then for my parents to explain kind of what goes on with that uh, ritual because we don't have a Buddhist temple in this area that that's easily, that's accessible to us. I believe there's a Buddhist temple 
um, run by Vietnamese folks here in Boise, but um, but everything is done uh, conducted in Vietnamese, so it's it's not super accessible for for us. Um, and uh, I would say I think that there's a large um, kind of Christian and Mormon population here, so you know most of kind of the religious services are Christ Christianity based. So. So not 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 as easily accessible for 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 us that we're you know kind of I think you know for folks who grow up in Taiwan you know even if they don't necessarily practice Buddhism I think they a lot of times are um, aware of you know some of these you know festivals activities prayer services things like that for specific days just throughout the year. Um, but we, I think, we try to, we try to make it, try to make it fun and, and kind of you know, relax with fun for the kids. But I try to use all 15 days of it. So we don't do school during that 15 days. So it's a real special time <laughs> for the kids because we don't do traditional like Christmas break or summer break. We're kind of school year round. So Lunar New Year is a time I say, we will take a break for all 15 days. And then we will spend 15 days to um, acknowledge and read stories and, and sing songs and watch junk TV, whatever. <laughs> So yeah, thank you for that overview. I think it's really, really awesome. And I think it's great how you are incorporating it, the whole tradition and the homeschool environment because you have the availability in terms of the scheduling because you're not confined by like a conventional school year. And I think that's just like a really, really amazing for people to see and for other homeschooling families to potentially emulate as well. I know you shared a lot, so I wanted to see if you wanted to share any additional tidbits on anything on what you want to add for maybe when your kids get older, incorporating other traditions. I think um, Chinese traditions are, uh, at least the Lunar New Year traditions are pretty, I don't want to say set. Um, a lot of times, I think my challenge is try to spin it in a way that's continue to be interesting for my growing children. When they were younger, they could be easily satisfied with a song and a dance. And, you know, I'll make a few silly faces and we'll, we're good. Um, but as they are growing older, then the question is, are we, perhaps we're gonna try to actually make a traditional dish together properly and taste it. Or we will spend some extra time at a, an Asian supermarket and actually try to practice um, shopping for Lunar New Year. We haven't gone into a store in forever. So 
because of COVID and all that. So we really have not gone into any stores <laughs> in a few years. So that might be actually really fun this year. I don't know. I haven't decided that to actually take the kids to the biggest Asian market in the area and then really try to prepare a list and then shop for Lunar New Year. <laughs> Because we ha we haven't gone into a store, <laughs> and um, so so my daughter made that lab book two years ago, and it will be interesting for her. I I hope, and I don't know if she'll be willing to go along with the idea. So we'll have to discuss if she's willing to make an updated lab book with additional information on it, with more complicated paper cuttings, for example, craft items that she wants to showcase. Um, she's gone into painting a lot. And so maybe I can introduce her to a little bit of the traditional Chinese painting techniques and for her to try that and add that to her lab book, to her portfolio. Um, I like the idea of lab book in general as a homeschooler, because then if people say, what have you guys been doing in your homeschool? I can whip out a few of these and this is what we've been doing. You know, there's um, it's a you know kind of standalone, very clearly defined item. Um, and, and, and because we do spend time doing it, I think the kids actually, like to keep it, they're willing to keep it and and actually go back and look at their own good work from the past and be proud of it type of a thing. Just like I think people spend a lot of time doing um, report like poster boards for like the science fair, you know, but this is just a smaller scale of that. And um, one of the things that has kind of happened uh, serendipitously this year was that in our English language arts uh, course uh, studies, one of the books was written by Grace Lin, which is a very popular American, uh, Chinese American author. And uh, my daughter had commented that, hey, mommy, the stories in here are very familiar to me. I know we read it. You know, I was like, oh, good. Then you should be able to zip through this book. <laughs> And, and not worry about it. and then so um so that's one of the um the kind of the nice things about like if we don't I think I think some of the families might have done is they have wanted to wow their kids with the Lunar New Year experience um because they know it's an important thing. Everyone is saying it's an important thing. Even the local library has put out all the Lunar New Year books. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I say, you know, I think it just, you know, do what you can. We, because we can take the time off, but if you don't have the time, then, you know, I always say you pick your battles. Like this year, we're going to do three things and we're going to spread it out. We have 15 days to do it, to do three things. That's not too bad. You know, can spare some minutes here and there. And I highly recommend people to do a, I always say this is like 主题托盘. So it's a themed tray and it's a tabletop display tray. I don't know if you can see it, but basically it looks like a tray like that. 
and self-contained, right? Because this is the tray that you bring breakfast to your loved one in bed. <laughs> and I get this tabletop red Christmas tree looking thing. And I use it throughout the entire holiday season. So I will put some Christmas stuff on it and I'll let the kids put cotton balls, create a winter gingerbread theme, you know, just a, a, a scene, uh, you know, basically a scene from um, that, that corresponds with Christmas. And because it's a red tree, we just swap out the decorations and I make them make a new tray that of their choice. So one year the kids just bring out all their plastic animals and they made, recreated the race of the Zodiac. And, you know, they painted on like a little cardboard, say this is the Jade Emperor who is judging the race, right? And then we got all these animals gonna try to race and try to come through, you know, past the river. And so they use the tray to contain all their little figurines and you know whatever paper you know and then there's one year they folded a lot of these 3d paper cutting that represents a new year and i then again so i like having this that i can move anywhere and then it's an appropriate decoration and it's a hands-on thing that um, kids can use for the entire from Christmas all the way through the end of Lunar New Year. So that's about two months. So <laughs> I like like a, a decoration, an idea that can be left out in in display for a few months instead of okay, we we have to do the Christmas thing because everyone is doing it. So, you know, <laughs> but, but, but everything's be cleaned up by, you know, you know, the, the, um, you know, the day after Christmas or something crazy. And I say, no, I get a red tree and then I decorate it with other stuff and then make it fit Lunar New Year. <laughs> and so that works really good for us. You know, in terms of keeping making, like making, like the kids will feel like whatever they make will be displayed for a good while. That then they feel that, um, you know, that what they have made is is worth, you know, it's 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 worth their time and effort, and it's a nice decoration for the house. Thank you so much for sharing, Lucy. I think it's amazing and offering everyone a glimpse into your world of homeschooling and how you're incorporating all these activities into your children's education. Grace, is there anything you wanted to add before we wrap up? I think Lucy did an amazing job taking us on a little bit of her journey. Yeah, she really um, included all the detail and I wish all the listener can see all the books that she showed, but I'm definitely going to include that into the podcast notes. So in case anybody's interested, um, we will have that in the information section. So thank you, Lucy, for coming to the show. We're so glad to have you. It's an honor to be here. Lovely to see you, ladies. It's, uh, it's been really fun. 
Thank you, Lucy. Well, happy holidays, and we appreciate your time. Thank you so much.